Hi everyone, I'm Tina. And I'm Roshni. Welcome to the Behind Your Behavior podcast, where we explore patterns in human behavior and the reasonings behind them. Hey everyone, welcome to the Behind Your Profession season of the Behind Your Behavior podcast. Today, I'm super excited to have on Rohit Mulrani, who is going to be talking about his experience in the software industry. Rohit is a graduate of Northeastern University, formerly a growth equity investor at Battery Ventures and an early employee at SourceScrub. Rohit has recently started a mental health-oriented career coaching business called Office Hours. Rohit, we're excited to talk to you about this and all that you've done before. Welcome to the Behind Your Behavior podcast. Awesome. No, I appreciate it. I'm glad, uh, glad I could join. So just getting started, um, I know earlier we were talking about how you were formerly an investor in the startup industry, in the software industry, and now you're more of an operator. But uh, going back to the beginning, I guess, like right around college graduation, what made you want to become involved in like the startup industry or the software industry? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, it's interesting, right? You graduate school and if you're lucky enough, well, I guess in, in finance as a whole, many individuals will go down the investment banking route where effectively you're an advisor helping out a business, get an understanding of whether they're looking to buy another business, sell another business, if they're looking to IPO, whatever strategic alternative they might be looking to pursue, that's what you're helping out with. So you're technically an advisor or a consultant. Um, I was lucky enough to go directly on the growth equity side of things where effectively I was titled investor and at like 24, 25 years old, you're connecting with CEOs that have like 24, 25 years of experience in the space, like basically pitching dollars to them. Being like, hey, like, would you like to take on $25 million of growth equity capital and we can help you grow your business? I'm surprised people didn't tell me, like, who are you to tell me about what I should do with my business at that age? Um, but long story short, I it was honestly with Northeastern. Um, I did three six-month internships there. My last one was in Palo Alto, very oriented around like venture debt, venture capital, tech investing. That, in addition to watching uh, Silicon Valley on HBO, probably a good like 15, 20 times. Um, made me really want to pursue technology and software as a whole. Yeah, that's awesome. There's so much you were able to get to in Palo Alto and like get exposed to, which first of all is Silicon Valley and there's so much opportunity there. Um, but talk a little bit more about like what you were able to be exposed to in Palo Alto, what companies you were working with there. So this was like more, I guess Uber was technically released when I was still in college, but this was still like the onset of probably like last mile delivery, right? Like Postmates, everything coming to your doorstep, um, that whole like on-demand press of a button was still like Uber for XYZ business was still up and on the rise. Naturally, you saw a lot of that being right next to Stanford, right next to um, effectively Palantir, call it the fangs of the world, all directly there within the ecosystem that is Menlo Park, Palo Alto, Redwood City, San Francisco, San Jose. So was really lucky um, all the way from like the Tesla Ubers, which was like, which were more of like a novelty back in the day through to effectively, um, you know, just everything that was software and software and uh, technology as a whole kind of like encompassing our lives. So long story short, I wanted to move out to San Francisco just because I knew like, okay, if I actually want to pursue software and tech, the best place is going to be the Bay Area and saw a lot of that happen in 2015. And then, of course, now it's still continuing quite a bit, even though amongst this pandemic, um, yeah, different things. 
yeah, so those are great origins. Obviously, awesome that you were able to go out west, um, but eventually you made your way back to the east. And obviously, since that time, you've uh, become involved in various different companies and various different initiatives. So uh, I guess we could either talk about your path back to that, back to the east coast and to uh, your current role at office hours and kind of what led you back here and all that you do with your company now. Sure. Um, so I was at Battery for a couple of years and the idea was growth equity investing, connecting with CEOs, pretty, pretty sales heavy role, which has honestly been, been my whole life more or less. Um, eat what you kill model. You come across an interesting business, then you start diligencing them. Does it make sense for them to take on money? Does it make sense for us to give them money? What do growth projections look like? Trajectory. Um, what I really wanted to do was a little bit more like venture capital. I was a little bit more like growth equity investing, which is if private equity investing is on one side of the table, which is a bit more like slower growing businesses, a little bit more like financial engineering to help them actually scale. And the more mature businesses call it on this side, venture is going to be more like early stage businesses. I was kind of like right up the middle. So when I wanted to go more venture, more towards the left, many individuals mentioned growth, like to be a good venture investor, it may actually help getting some operating experience. And in all honesty, a lot of the conversations I had with my mentors and individuals in the space, I told them that I want to start my own thing eventually. They're like, oh, like if you want to start your own thing eventually, why don't you get an understanding of like how a small business runs? Now, to be fair, my father is an entrepreneur. We kind of have that bug within our family. I was never going to discredit going to get operating experience, especially because now I understand like the role of a co-founder, the role of a CEO, the role of an entrepreneur is probably one of the toughest out there. So learned about this early stage business. I happened to be a customer of theirs. Um, was lucky enough to connect with the CEO, joined as employee number two, and effectively worked in a shared conference room space to help them scale this business um, back on like Market Street in like, what was it like 2016, 2017 timeframe? Yeah. And it's so important. I know we were both working at startups at like similar times. And I mean, I was in a, obviously in a very different situation where I was coming from like neuroscience background, like academia, but like you're saying, it's so important to understand how a business runs. Like at least where I was coming from, like, I didn't even understand what a founder even did every day or like what a CEO, CFO, COO, like what their actual roles meant, like what their day-to-day job actually was. So that's so important. And getting that clarity before going off and starting your own thing or even trying to be an operator or an investor, whatever you want to do in the space, like under having a basic understanding of what a company actually does or a small business and how it runs and grows is so important. Um, and obviously at this company, you were able to get a lot of that exposure being number two at the company. Um, so it was obviously awesome that you were able to connect with the CEO and get that position. But from there, the company did so well. So what did you, what was your experience like helping them grow and, you know, being number two at a company where it wasn't necessarily your idea, but it was your like kind of baby to help grow, but it wasn't your like vision from the start. Totally. Yeah. So in all honesty, I saw a lot of potential in the business um, because one, I used the platform myself to go about, it's basically like a private company database. Um, now, if you're taking a look at an Uber, and you're like, wow, I really like what Uber does. What other businesses are doing what Uber does in a similar manner, maybe at an earlier stage? We aggregated a lot of the information on the back end so people could uh, search for it effectively in an Excel-driven format. Idea is you aggregate the information. The main thing on my end is revenue. 
it's always been effectively how to go about helping scale businesses from the sales side of things. To be fair, when I joined, I was technically director of operations. Um, I helped out build out backend processes from the sales development side of things, operation side of things, customer success. So you bring in a new customer, great through various maybe like marketing channels, sales automation channels. And then what does that customer do? How do you take care of them? How do you maintain that relationship? How do you focus on like a renewal, especially in a SaaS driven environment? Um, so did everything from ordering Amazon orders. I remember like even like uh, when we were traveling quite a bit, like ironing like like clothes for the team because I was just like at the end of the day, like we have to look good. We have to look pristine when we walk into these meetings. Um, everything in between. Um, director of operations, so sales, customer success, um, and everything that's really required in a startup to keep it moving. Now, I didn't really know what that meant in the beginning, and I feel like I still don't know much, much about it. But if there's one thing that it comes down to, it's the people. Like really bringing people together in a room, because obviously one person can only do so much from an output perspective. Sure, you can put in like an extra like, 10, 15 hours a week, whatever that means, but that's not going to be like a systemic change compared to like bringing on another individual and like another team member who will bring that vibe and energy and like full on, like full gas tank of like getting stuff done. Um, so really like hiring the people um, thereafter, I think was like the super important part to scale. Yeah, definitely. People are super important. And it sounds like you got a lot of experience at Source Scrub, which is really important because of what you went on to do next. So if it's all right, I wanted to talk a little bit about office hours and kind of what made you interested in the idea there and how you started off that initiative and just all things office hours now. Totally. Yeah. So it's interesting because uh, I started off in like finance for a couple of years and then dabbled more in like selling to finance, a little bit more like fintech. And now uh, we're still selling to finance, funny enough, because back then it was like selling to more like directly to investment firms, directly to investment banks on the B2B side. Right now, this is a bit more B2C. So we're selling directly to investment banking analysts as they get an understanding of what's to come in their careers. So if you're in banking today, now you're thinking through like, okay, I'm in banking today. I can stay in banking. Pretty good optionality because obviously it's already difficult to break into banking in the first place. I could go growth equity, I could go private equity, I could go VC, kind of that spectrum I spoke about earlier. I could go hedge fund, public investing. I could go corporate development at a FANG, go work corporate development at an Apple. Those are probably some of the most successful individuals today, considering like how well some of these public stocks have done. Um, I could go technically work at a startup. I could go get operating experience. I could leave all of it and go to crypto, start my own fund there. We know people who have done it kind of day in and day out. So idea is like there's so many different options how do you figure out what you want to get into i bring a little bit more of the unconventional side to the table being like okay non-target school northeastern was lucky enough to get to battery out of school individuals were like growth like we have harvard individuals we have penn individuals we have yale like who the fuck are you type of thing um and i was just like well uh here's a list of companies that i would call day one and this is why i find them interesting this is why i love what you guys do i've seen silicon valley like 15 times and they're like all right, uh, it seems like he's gonna work. So uh, this could be interesting. And long story short, it's basically just like, I bring the unconventional side of the thing to the table. My co-founder, Asif, Duke, banking, private equity, much more clean cut of like how you get to where you are today. Um, so we're basically like joining forces to help out individuals being like, listen, it doesn't really matter so much like where you came from, but if you work hard enough, 
put in your time and of course dedication to get where you want to be there's no reason why you can't emulate a path that you've like really really um that you drive yourself towards yeah i love that like initiative because i think especially more recently and you know i come from you know nyu with stern and like in stern it's very much that like you know, cookie cutter pathway where it's like banking to private equity and like all of my friends are doing that. And it's very much like ingrained in them while they're at Stern to be like, that's what you have to do when you leave here. But I think more and more in the recent years, we're seeing that it doesn't matter what you come from. It matters like what experiences you have and what you're actually bringing to the table, like exactly what you're saying. So it's important to have a company, especially in a industry like banking or finance, where it's a little bit more like, I would say old school, um, but, you know, they don't have that kind of mentality yet. And I think it's coming up now. But I think companies like Office Hours are so important in the space to bring about that kind of like, you know, a holistic experience, and like a holistic background, instead of just saying, like, you need to have this name and you need to have this bank on your resume. Um, and instead of just having those like names, you can have this experience and like what you're saying to have more of an unconventional background. I think that brings such a different perspective and a more important perspective than just saying that, like, every single person on your team has all been to banking and private equity. Like, you know, like you have this different experience and like have come from experiences that you can use in your job and like bring about something new that like another person from Harvard or Yale who went to like work at JP Morgan, like can't bring you, you know? I think what's interesting is that um, in all honesty, kind of on like the, whether, whether or not be specifically mental health, but how people think, right? I'll connect with individuals and they'll be like, real like, what do you think are my chances to get to here? And I'm like, how do how am I supposed to forecast what that looks like? I was like, what like what did you think about when you went to school? And like some of the individuals that we have apply are utterly, utterly phenomenal students. We're talking about like three nine nine GPAs, like one A minus because they like slacked a little bit freshman year. We're talking about like literally twenty three eighties because of like one erroneous question, whatever, right? And I'm like, was that easy to get to? They're like, no, not at all. Like, that was pretty tough. I was like, okay, so understand for me that like, or help me understand that like, okay, so it was difficult getting the 399. It was difficult getting into a Penn or Yale or Harvard or whatever it may have been. It was difficult like working through this and taking on student loans and continuously like just like focusing. And he was like, yeah. Or she was like, yeah, that's totally difficult. Um, it's like, okay, so was it easy getting into banking? And they're like, no, like I hustle my way in there too, because at the end of the day, like I got one offer, but I leverage it for something else, X, Y, Z. Then I'm like, okay, like why is this next part going to be any easier? It kills me sometimes that like people are like, oh, like it was difficult getting this far, but like now I'm going to like give up because like, what are my chances? Sure. The funnel's getting narrower. Sure. It's getting like tougher to move on. I understand that. And everyone understands that, but we're in our twenties and thirties. And if it, life doesn't get more tougher then like, like what's the fun here where's the value add like are we looking to millennial retire like probably not I, at least most uh, at least i'm not and most of the people i interact with aren't um so it's gonna get tougher but it's interesting on that end where it's like you see sometimes like on linkedin like oh my god like 26 27 year old like hit partner or like 30 under 30 stories it's like how do they do it it's like it didn't happen overnight and they did it. There's no reason you can't do it, but understand it's going to be difficult, probably more difficult than anything you've ever done in the past. Yeah, of course. But I mean, what your what your company does for people is obviously really great. Like you, you really do get to help people break through and 
that's really important because of all these people who sometimes maybe don't have access to the same opportunities and need a little bit of help and need someone to help pull them up or like give that guidance. So obviously you you cover a lot in your current role, but what we wanted to ask is what is something you didn't expect about your current role? Something that maybe surprised you in your current role? Something that surprised me in my current role? Probably like in all honesty, not even um, to, I don't know, not to like toot one's own horn or anything of the sort, but like it's interesting like how much you realize and how much you learn. Maybe this isn't specific to me, but like how much you learn in your 20s. And like I really, really do mean that from like 23 or 24 when you graduate to like now I'm like 29, almost 30. And sure, it's like not that big of a delta, but realistically, like when you do think about like, okay, like your first job, what you know at your first job, and even if you take a look at my old headshot, it's like clean shaven, baby face, didn't know anything about the world. And I still don't know much, naturally. But what you learn about in the beginning and what you think you know compared to what you know even like a few years working, people respect that. People really like honor and abide that. And I used to respect that, of course, of, of all of my seniors, but I don't think I respected it as much as like getting here today because that experience is super, super crucial. Your first job, how you navigate your first job, how you think about the next job after that. And then there's like a core time of like three to four years where like, okay, maybe the first job's like two years. And then do you spend like another two years bouncing around or do you spend like another like four years like really building something? So I guess the interesting part is just like, I mean, I try to help out individuals and I tell them like, hey, listen, like my two cents, take it for what it's worth. But yeah, I guess I've just been lucky to be amongst like really, really good individuals. Um, and I think I'm more like calm, well composed compared to like what I was in finance, where finance is a little bit more of like a fire drill every two minutes. Um, whereas you go to a startup and you have to understand like, hey, guys, this is a rocket ship. Like we either go up or we're blowing up. And like, understand that like, we can't be bugging out. We have to keep it like calm headed um, because there's a 99% chance we blow up anyway. So we're already in the red here. But like, if we go up, this is gonna be like bombastic. Like this is gonna be another phenomenal success. Just keep your cool. And I, don't, I didn't understand that in finance at all. Finance is very, um, very cutthroat. I need this yesterday. Too many people bugging out. Um, we need to like take a step back sometimes and like relax. Yeah, I feel like startups are just like, we can either be bugging out like literally all day, every day, because every second of your life is a fire drill. But exactly what you're saying, like you have to have that calm mindset because it's like, we either make it or we don't. And there's only two options there. Like you have to just be calm because there's always going to be something like crazy happening. Like every day will be a new like challenge and adventure. Like things can happen in a day and like you make a deal and like all of a sudden like your company turns around or you like lose something and all of a sudden like things turn around. Like that'll happen on a daily basis. It's like finance almost on another level, like in a different way because it's, and it's your own thing, you know? So like you actually have to care about everything that's happening. There's all these little things like what you were saying before, like you have to iron shirts to make sure the team looks good. Like there's always something small and you have to be paying attention to all those little things because it's your baby, you know, like it's your company, whatever you put into it is what you're going to get out of it. So yeah. I think it's super important to like have learned that at a young age in your 20s. And then I think it's awesome that you're bringing these learnings that you had in your 20s and like you saw the career paths that you took, you saw how important each job was. And now you're bringing those learnings and bringing them to the younger generation to say, 
hey, like you're in the position that I was five, 10 years ago. Here's what I learned. And this is what I'm going to help you do. And like, this is how important it is to get this XYZ experience at this age. And this is what it'll do for your future. I think it's awesome that like you're able to bring those learnings like in real time into your current role. Um, because I don't think everyone is able to do that. Like they're not able to like recognize what's important and then bring that into their future so immediately. Like it usually takes like, you know, at 50, you look back and be like, oh, this was important when I was this age. But like to do that quickly and bring that back to the younger generation, I think is so important. Um, and it's awesome that you're able to do that now. So going back to like your role overall and like what you think about it, um, what do you think was something that was just your, the most difficult part of what you do every day? Like whether it was at SourceGrub or, or at Office Hours now, like what is something about your role that's just like something super difficult that you have to deal with constantly? Super difficult that you have to deal with constantly. It's probably that like mental, like peace moment. Um, as crazy as it sounds, right? And not to like consistently bring it back to mental health and awareness. Um, but I think that's like a really big part of it. Exactly kind of like what you mentioned, like, so in finance, of course, like it's a bit more like structured, you know, you're gonna make a certain amount of money, you know, you deal with the BS, and then you'll consistently like go up the ladder as long as you do well and all this other jazz. And then one day you say no to the annuity that is payroll. One day you say no to making money. One day you say no and be like, all right, like now I'm going to take a step back here from my expense account and I want to start like literally bet betting everything on me and the person in the mirror to start a business. And like every single day, like I used to wake up, like eat what you kill was like, okay, like sure, I always made like a base salary and then like the bonus was there. And if the bonus wasn't there, I was probably gone. But realistically, back in the day, it used to be like more structured. Now eat what you kill is like I'm in the forest looking for food and if I don't find it, like I'm dead. There's no larger organization who's dropping food from above just because I'm part of this organization. No, the organization is me and of course the team. Um, so probably like the most difficult thing is probably like keeping your cool and just understanding that like, it's kind of like what happened with SourceScript too, right? Like my prior CEO used to say like, listen, like, I mean, I remember reading books about like orchestrated chaos as a startup. Up and to the right is the goal here, right? Slow down to like speed up. And what I'm really getting at is that like within a startup, I would say like the toughest thing is, is sometimes just like keeping your cool, especially when you're at like the helm of the ship with my co-founder, where it's like, listen, like if we don't keep our cool here and we don't let the rest of the ship know that everything is going to be okay and that we're good, then like people start bugging out and you can't have people bug out. And sometimes you do that when things are going like phenomenal. Sometimes you do that when things aren't going as phenomenally. Um, but it's kind of like the faith, even on like the finance side of things, like these kids are sometimes just like not so much like beaten into the ground, but like a lot of people tell you, like people are yelling at each other from behind computers these days. People used to do that in person less. Now in the digital ecosystem, we know cyberbullying is like worse than actual bullying, literally, because you can like one, it could be like multi-channel um, and two, like there's no like emotion involved in it. Right. People won't go up to each other in school as much and say things to their face. Uh, for various reasons, but you could do that in IM. You can do that um, online. So that, that's happening to people like like from their bosses being like, hey, I need this like now. It's like, I haven't even met you. And like every single time you just like bark orders at me and you make me feel like shit, like kids working on Easter, kids working 8 a.m. New Year's. How do you feel about that? Like, so 
sometimes even half of our conversations are like instilling confidence back into the individuals being like, Hey, like it will be okay. Like there are a lot of things that you've gone through and I understand that it's training and I understand that it's tough. Work from home is the worst, the worst. Cause it's like, wake up work. And like, I've got VP friends that stay up till 1am working. Forget about analysts. Oh, we, the other day we had individuals, um, connect with an individual for a call. She goes, bro, I want a normal, like I want a normal job. I don't want nine to five. I don't even care about like nine to like seven. Nine to nine is okay with me. But when it's nine to 5 a.m. every single day, I can't deal with it anymore. And, and like, where do you even start? So probably just like trying to keep my cool and instilling and having faith that like things are going to be okay. Not only with our business, but with a lot of our customers, because a lot of our customers are in like tough situations. Yeah, it is totally important to, you know, keep a cool face, like be captain of the ship. Like you don't want your um, like your workers to get anxious about the little things. And like you mentioned, um, work from home is like definitely terrible for a lot of people right now. And it's important that you're that calming presence for them. And because everyone is working from home, we wanted to actually talk a little bit about COVID and how your role kind of changed in COVID. What's interesting to about you and office hours is that actually you really started this company right at the cusp of the pandemic itself. So obviously not a lot of people are able to do that and, you know, even would think about starting a new business during a pandemic, but you made it work. And I totally love your focus on mental health because I think that's so important right now. But I wanted to talk a little bit about how how COVID influenced the business and some of the challenges with COVID and how you kind of adapted to it. Yeah. So part of it was honestly, um, Asif took on a career coach. My co-founder took on a career coach during his time in private equity where he was like, listen, I'm the youngest person in the room. We're like retrading a deal. How do I speak up? How do I not get like, you know, called out for something? Basically like kind of like the Q and A that you would have in a professional environment. Um, he took on a career coach. I've taken on coaches in the past. I've had honestly like the mentorship angle has been huge for me. I've learned most from connecting with other individuals. So the organic relationships, the like numerous, numerous like coffee chats, Midtown Manhattan, let's catch up, let's grab a drink, whatever it is, that's gone in COVID times. Everyone's sitting in front of their computers. In all honesty, you and I both know, like if you want to ping like a Mark Andreessen, if you want to ping like a Elon Musk, like they're probably, and eh, this, this generally applies anyway, everyone's probably seeing your email, right? It's either on their phone or in front of a computer and they're seeing it. The question is, do they have enough impetus to respond? Are you giving them something of value that they actually care about responding? So long story short, what I'm getting at is that like you can connect with anyone these days. The real question is, why are you trying to connect with them and are they interested? The real impetus with office hours was, of course, like a lot of that like organic connection has kind of halted or been put to a halt. That's why Clubhouse platforms are doing so well. Humans are naturally social creatures. We love interacting and engaging with other individuals we found that there wasn't necessarily a platform where it's like, okay, like I'm specifically in finance today. I'm looking for different options. Now I can connect with someone. I can reach out to a Penn alum. I can reach out to a Northeastern alum, get an understanding of like, you know, 20, 30 minutes on the phone, Nick would love to like pick your brain on how you got to where you are today. Now that's great. But how do you connect with Nick again? Being like, Nick, like, oh my God, like you're an absolute like G stud, whatever it is, or like, you know, same with like female Tina, whoever it may be. 
can you help me navigate the waters of like how you got to where you are today? It's like, hey, listen, like, I don't, I don't know you like that. If you were like my younger brother, sister, maybe I'd help you. But like, you know, I'm busy, right? Like, how are we supposed to do this? So we created a platform where it's like, you know what? Like, I want a couple hours of like modeling help a week. I want a couple hours of like, all right, like go through my resume, ask me the types of questions I'm going to get in an interview. And sure, like, well, I'll pay you. I'll pay you through the platform because it's super valuable to me. I understand you're super busy. Um, I wouldn't not pay you for it. So the goal is effectively just building out this marketplace so individuals can get in touch with others. And honestly, part of it is like, you know what you want to do. Then you come to us. Part of it is you don't know what you want to do. That's why it's like, okay, a Asif, like a little bit more like traditional, like banking, private equity, another private equity shop. Rohit, non-target, growth equity, random startup that like literally people told me like, what are you doing? And then like a few years later, they're like, oh my God, hindsight's 2020, great job. And then like, starting my own business here with the Seif. So there are different ways to get to what you want. And not everyone has a traditional path, especially now more than anything. So it's not so much like what's a good fit for X, Y, and Z. It's much more like what's a good fit for you? And how do we help you figure that out? Yeah, I love that initiative. And like looking at each person as an individual and saying, you know, like you're not just going to person that went through this pathway and like you have to pump out these, you know, reports or deliverables, like you're actually going through because you have certain preferences, like you have certain experiences and background and, you know, just goals for the future that you want to hit. And it's not just like everyone has to go through the same path that, oh, you went to banking, like your next stop is one of these three things. Like you can go do whatever you want, like what we were talking about before. I think it's awesome. And the fact that you're creating this platform for people to connect, I mean, part of what you were saying is like kind of the reason we honestly started the podcast in the first place was that people weren't getting exposure to, you know, listening to academics come and talk about what they do for a living. Like there were all these talks that students were able to get exposed to, like talk to professors, like learn about research and their backgrounds or even entrepreneurs or people in different professions and like just learn about them. Um, There were platforms before, you know, and like meet and greets and all these things that you can go and like listen to someone talk. And we were like, you know, we want to be able to like disseminate this information and create some kind of platform to bring people together and, you know, learn about things together, which is amazing because that's exactly what Office Hours is doing too for the finance world, you know, bringing this platform together and creating like almost an open, like safe space for these kids who like, like you were saying, like are working these crazy hours and like kind of feel undervalued and like beaten down a bit. Um, This is like a safe space where it's like, we've all been there, you know, like you're going to be okay. Like things are going to be fine in the future. So I think it's an amazing initiative and I would honestly love to hear more about it, but unfortunately we're getting to the end of our podcast. So I wanted to go to our last question, which is what we've been asking um, all the people on our podcast, um, which is what advice do you think you would give people aspiring to do what you're doing now? Like becoming a future entrepreneur, starting their own thing and kind of going on this non-traditional path. Yeah, it's a good question. Um, what advice would we give to people looking to do this? Honestly, I mean, that just comes down to my one-on-one. Um, speak to them as many people as possible. Literally, that that's what I do. Like, I even have an article about it. Like, two pairs of AirPods, one dies, plug in the other one. Um, when in doubt, call instead of, like, texting because sometimes, like, it's misconstrued over, like, text and email and whatnot. Um speak to as many people as possible, right? You're probably not going to emulate someone's specific path, but you're probably going to emulate your own path only through deciphering and digesting what everyone else has done to figure out what that looks like. 
So I never really say no to a call. I'll have a conversation just because I know like hopefully like I'm going to be in shoes, some shoes one day where it's like another individual that I'm looking to connect with. It's like hopefully we'll, you know, pay it forward and do it as well. Um, just connect with more and more individuals, right? Just to get an understanding of different perspective. Everyone has their own story. So it makes sense to at least just like be a little bit more like open-minded, right? These days you got individuals like it used to be more and more traditional, right? Person did X, Y, Z guaranteed income here. Now it's not even like guaranteed income. It's like guaranteed 50% tax rate. Like, great, cool, proud of you. Um, you could just figure out like so many different things that are out there and so many different ways to like get to what you want to do. Money isn't the motive. The motive is like waking up every single day and like getting to work just because you want to and you like what you're doing. Um, otherwise, I feel like a lot of people would have tapped out a while ago. Like, why is Elon Musk trying to get to Mars? Why is it Jeff Bezos? The, the, why are the smartest people in the world trying to solve a problem that hasn't been solved before ever? Well, we try to solve most of the problems day to day. Most of the companies, what they're trying to solve have been problems that haven't solved in the past. They're just trying to do it in a different way. The smartest people in the world are doing things for like humankind and mankind where they have no idea what's going to happen. What we do isn't difficult. Um, sure, it requires intellectual stimulation and some sort of level of like focus and getting stuff done. Um, but part of it is just relaxing and understanding that like, okay, going from like X to Y is not nearly as difficult as like what these other individuals are doing after already changing our worlds in some significant manners. And they're like, all right, now we're going to change like the universe. So people just need to relax a bit and understand that like, there are difficult things or there are more difficult things out there and life will only get more difficult. I mean, if you're like a smart individual, you're always looking to pursue problems that you might be able to potentially fix or at least that challenge you. Yeah, so just stay hungry. Solid advice, Ro. It's solid advice. We really appreciate it. Um, I feel like we got like a little bit of your time, what you would probably charge people for on office hours. So we appreciate you giving that to us for free. Mm -hmm. And um, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for all the advice. I know the future entrepreneurs of the world are going to be really excited and lucky to listen to this episode. Um, so yeah, thank you so much, Rohit. No, I appreciate it. I think what you guys are doing is pretty awesome. Thank you. All right. Well, I hope our listeners enjoyed this um, and stay safe. You too.